Damian. I like the Bengals and the Ravens, and I don't like the Browns, even though I'm a Browns fan. So I won't even ask you about the other team. No, still fuck the Steelers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> still. <laughs> I, no, I, had no. to, I had to. I had to. You know. No. You know. Ask without asking. Hello, this is Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi. How are you? Good. What's going on? Oh, nothing. I just wanted to make sure we knew what we were doing. I mean, we so rarely know what we're doing. I thought it would be noteworthy if we could have our shit together a whole 20 hours before. What are we going to talk about tomorrow? Or are we just going to kind of meander our way through it at live? We we are going to talk about how bad your Browns are. <laughs> God damn it. And then we're going to talk about the Big Ten. You know, the okay, so... <laughs> Mark whatever time this is, and you can just cut it into the intro of the next one because the Browns play the Bengals tonight, right? So the, the, mm-hmm. by tomorrow, we'll have talked about it. I got in an argument you saw a little bit because we were texting back and forth. I'm going to root for Joe Burrow. Look, okay. I, want, I want the Browns to win, obviously, because I'm a Browns fan, but like they haven't earned anything for 21 years. Like, yeah, dude. We forget how long it's been. It's been 21 years. Isn't this um, always my argument? Uh, I mean, 10 years in, right. I'm, I'm over the cliff, man. I'm like, yeah. one years. <laughs> They're not good. They're not going to make their – I expect them to lose by 10 tonight, if not more. The defense was atrocious on Sunday. The <laughs> offense was atrocious on Sunday. I can't remember the last time I've seen a wide receiver get a face mask, offensive face mask. Like, is the whole thing is just a complete clusterfuck. Well, the, the offensive face mask call. Oh no, Dell was bullshit. But I agree with you. It was a clusterfuck. It's not like the game hung in the balance of that one call I disagree with. No, no, but it was early enough to where it probably made a difference. Yeah, I mean, on that drive at least. Sure. Um, I think the last thing I saw was the Browns were favored by three, which I think is ridiculous. I think the Bengals um, will will win, and I'm going to be happy if Joe Burrow succeeds. Uh, I mean, I'll root for the Browns tomorrow when we're talking. I'm going to be sad and, you know, all, all that other shit. And we'll lament the Browns' I can tell. decades of terror. But, I mean, yeah. I'm going to be happy if Joe Burrow's awesome. I like the kid. Yeah, I think he'll be good. I think hey. the Browns have to figure out Baker Mayfield. And like I like I sent to you, you know, right? Like I, <laughs> I don't feel bad about what I wrote last year about – Baker Mayfield not being in the answer, Beckham not being in the answer, and the Haslam's being at the large, you know, top of the largest Ponzi scheme in American history. Well, look, Beckham would be the answer. Like, I don't, not the answer all by himself, but like Odell and Jarvis would be a huge part of the answer. But Baker has been bad for, he was bad all, all last year. And he's getting worse. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be bad this year. He's awesome in those commercials. Not that that makes it worth it, but I think he's funny. Case. Case came He's a, by week six. Oh, for sure. Sure. But here, here, here's the thing is who's the better flame out, Baker or uh, Johnny Manziel? Because I think Baker is a much better flame out. Because at least with Baker, we have somebody we can kind of like. Like He's a funny guy. He'll be good on camera. He's going to do, you know, college game day or some shit. Like he's going to be around. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, at, at least with Baker, we have that. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's I mean, no one likes Menzel, so you're right there. I'll give you that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Look, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go back to work. I already feel bad about it. <laughs> so, 
I want you to know I went to bed at halftime. Like I turned the game off at halftime. And Why? uh well I was out at a bar and it was, you know, nine thirty, nine forty five, you know, they don't I'll start route call after ten. So you know, you kinda have to make a decision about what you're gonna do. You're gonna stay there till midnight and not have alcohol and then risk all the idiots on the road or, you know, leave and go home in the safe zone, you know. <laughs> before people leave the bars and before they get home. So right. I, uh, I went home. The game was in hand, what I thought was in hand. And I said, all right, the Browns have got it. That's why I tweeted that to you last night, that I'm ready to eat crow. And then I wake up today, and they only won by five. So what the hell happened? Uh, the, the, the Bengals covered. I mean, Joe Burrow single-handedly willed the Cincinnati Bengals do a cover. The Browns were favored by six. I, I, I thought it was only three when I, I assume like you'll cut this up and you'll play our, uh, the, the stuff that we talked about yesterday a little beforehand. So you can see how wrong I am. Uh, yeah, I, me too. What did yeah. I say? I said they're going to get their butts kicked. <laughs> um, but, but Joe Burrow, uh, 37 for 61, 316 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, that guy is a cover machine. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to bet <laughs> bet the Bengals and the points for the rest of the season. Did they cover uh, last week? Oh no, but 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 they're oh, no, they lost by three, didn't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're not good. I mean, I still like Joe good. Burrow. Cincinnati's yeah. not good. I'm not yeah. sold on Cleveland being good. Um, I'm excited that they won. Don't get me wrong. I mean, look, I'm a Cleveland fan. We talked about it, right? Uh, we talk about it all the time. But uh, but Josh, I'm not super I mean, convinced. But but history tells us that, you know, the Browns and the Bengals game is like two of the most exciting games in the season for those two teams, right? Like, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's not like it's not obviously rivalry wise Ohio State Michigan, but it's sort of like you know throw out all the records and God only knows what's going to happen, right? Because, because those two teams play each other. And I, I know, like, it, it, I, it, it's funny what you're doing, but those two – What am I doing? What am I doing? Wait, what am I doing? It sounds like you're, it sounds like you're doing a Lebetard show bit. Where you... No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I swear to God, I'm not. I was just – that's the only comparison I could come up with in, in my car right now. <laughs> I think um, – I think for some reason, like the Browns and the Bengals play each other and all of their strengths get highlighted and all of their weaknesses get exposed at the same rate in every game. Right. I mean, everything the Browns do poorly, they did really poorly. Um, but all the stuff that they do really well, play action passes, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they they did great. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett was, was awesome. Um, Odell Beckham made a difference. Baker was awesome on play action passes, except for that late pick, which, I mean, of course, Baker throws a late pick in a, in a game in which he's succeeding mightily to, uh, right. To let Joe Burrow go down the field. But, but boy, man, that Browns defense just got dinked and dunked all the way down the field over and over and over again. I mean, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, they called 61 passes, um, oh, wow. Yeah. Joe Burrow threw the ball 61 times. And the Bengals oh, have wow. no offensive line and no real targets. I mean, A.J. Green. A.J. Green. And who's the other one? Hushman Zada or Hushman, Hushman <laughs> Zay or what's that guy's name? I think it's been a while since T.J. Hushman Zada played for them. Maybe it's Why? his nephew then. I don't know. I don't know, but it, it looks like his name. I don't know. 
Should we be doing? Should we be talking sports? Really? <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, that's that was the guy's name. The guy we had the touchdown. Hushman. Hushman Yes. Hushman. But... What was that guy's name? T.J. Hushman Zada. No, you're right. No, 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 no. Yeah, is that the guy who caught touchdown last night? Oh, last night. No, 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 no. Yes, that's um, what I'm saying. There's a guy who's got sort of the same. Tyler name. Boyd. No, 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 no. There's a Hushman. <laughs> C.J. Uzama. Yeah, there it is. Whatever. That. Okay, that guy. Yes, Uzama. Hushman Zada. It's in the same neighborhood. <laughs> what? You know I don't know anybody's name. I don't know why you're surprised at this. I don't know. I'm not. It's not that I'm surprised you don't know anybody's name. Like, I thought you were – I thought – I legitimately thought, Damien, that you you were under the impression TJ Husmanzada still played for the No, game. no, 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 no. I know he doesn't play anymore, but that's – when I saw that guy's name, I go, oh, Husmanzada must be like his nephew or something. I don't know. <laughs> On the street. All right. So – some... <laughs> I'll apologize. Let's apologize to our listeners for that. CJ yeah. Uzama. Yeah, the tight end. Both of them. He ended up hurting himself. I think he he really was kind of a bright spot for the Bengals, but uh I don't I don't know how much time he's gonna miss. I mean AJ Green had uh was targeted thirteen times, but he only, only had three receptions. Denzel Ward for like for being as small as he is compared to AJ Green and really giving up a ton of size, he played great against them. Um, Denzel Ward really played good. I mean, it, it's it's weird to think that Miles Garrett played well. The defensive line played pretty well. They stopped the run. Denzel Ward played well. And still, the Browns gave up 316 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Like, yeah. man, that's second. I mean, and I know that they had some injury issues and everything, but I'm, I'm worried about that secondary for the Browns. I mean, as much as, um, as much as I really like Joe Burrow and I'm going to root for him the rest of the season. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think it portends good things for the Browns secondary to give up that kind of performance to a guy in his second game. With no, I agree. with no receivers, by the way. I mean, AJ right. Green is a shell of what he once was. We could talk about AJ Green's legacy all we want, but he's not um, an impact player in 2020. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's tough. I mean it, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough watching the Browns um, defense. On the bright side, we might be able to just run the ball down a lot of people's throats and maybe it'll mitigate some of the damage they give up on defense. Um, yeah, Chubb looked great yesterday. Chubb and, Cream, Chubb and Cream Hunt Cream looked great. Yeah, you're right. Yep. I mean, and that, and that allows Baker Mayfield's play-action passes to be effective, and that's where he's the most effective. Uh, I'm worried um, – I'm worried that this was more about Cincinnati playing poorly on defense than it was about the Browns being great. And I don't want to take anything away from those guys, but we abandoned the run and got stuffed against Baltimore. Baltimore, the Super Bowl contender. It's a, I get it. Um, The Browns aren't on that level, but we got just stymied by the Ravens. So is, is this uh, Kevin Stefanski, sticking with the game plan, being more patient, calling plays differently, and the Browns being able to use their their running scheme and really opening up a game? Or is it 
you know, Cincinnati's defense in 2020 picking up where the 2019 defense left off. You know, the, the most missed tackles in the league and all these other statistics that a bunch of other people might probably be better than I do. But I mean, Cincinnati's defense was awful last year. Uh, so I, I, I can't tell. Like, we need another game. We probably need two or three more games to find out if the Browns are even going to be any fun to watch. But Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt, no matter what, fantastic. And, you know, Baker Mayfield's staved off. You know, now he might make it to week six. <laughs> Yeah, I was just I was I was just about to ask you um, those two questions because they play I, I, Washington football team, which I'm never going to get used to saying um, home for them on the 27th Cowboys on the fourth and then um, Colts at home and then Steelers in week six at Heinz Field. So I guess my first question is based on what you saw last night, you know, uh, I guess dollar dollar cost averaging with that with what you saw in week one. What do you think about them playing when they play the the Redskins or Washington football team or whatever? And then the the second part of that is what you just said about Baker Mayfield. Like, does he make it to the Steelers game, or or do you think that it'll be Kareem or um, Case Keenum time? Well, look, I mean, as much as I'm not I'm not a uh, Baker disciple at this point, I, I don't I think that he makes it to the Steelers game. Like, I think Baker Mayfield is the quarterback here. Um, at the very least, if he's playing really, really poorly, I don't think that he would get replaced until the bye week. And I'll tell you why. I think, uh, I think Washington is pretty good. Um, okay. I, I would, I would say that Washington, depending on what happens Sunday, um, that Washington would be favored against the Browns. Uh, we, by all rights, um, Dallas probably trounces us. The Colts and the 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 Philip Rivers Colts, which, by the way, if you want to talk about something that I'll never get used to, uh, <laughs> the Philip Rivers level kicks. I don't think are very good. So we've got a shot at being good against the Colts, and then the Steelers and the Bengals are going to crush us, or the Steelers are going to crush us. We have another game against the Bengals, so I think yeah. Baker gets a bye up until Week Eight in Las Vegas. Or it, at home against Las Vegas. At home, yeah, at home against. Um, Vegas, yep. And you know, if we're two and seven, and you know, we've got a couple of got a couple of stains on our schedule. You know, you lose the Philip Rivers and the Colts. You lose to the Bengals. You lose to the Raiders, who who seem to like they're going to be pretty bad. Uh, then I think that's the time. But I don't think it's any time before then. And you know, honestly, if we if we're four and four there, if we beat the teams that we should beat and lose to the teams that we, you know, quote unquote, should lose to, I, I think you stick with Baker and he finishes out the season. And and I think a lot of that, like you said, I mean, it has to do with how he plays, what he has, you know, how his receivers are. I mean, if he's, you know, throwing the ball all over the place and not even closer, has 100 interceptions, then obviously that, you know, moves that timeline up mm-hmm. a little bit or maybe significantly. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think as long as he does what he's supposed to do and um, and plays well or well enough, then you're right. I think he's fine. But and I'm not a I'm not a Baker guy. Like I never have been. I mean, you know, whatever I know about football, which is nothing at this point. Um, but I'm not sure that you know Case Keenum's going to be any better, and I'm not really sure who the Browns could get that's going to 
make a difference. No, you know? so the, the, mo- right. the most that we can hope for right. is Stefanski continues to stay patient and attack with the scheme and you do all the things that kept him in Minnesota for 14 years on a staff with a bunch of regi- you know, different coaches coming in. And I mean, to, to, to last 14 years on a staff is pretty remarkable. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think if he is who we think he is, um, or at least who I think he is, and which is tough because, you know, I thought Hugh Jackson was somebody and I thought Freddie Kitchens, well, I mean, Freddie Kitchens was kind of a adult, but I liked him. Um, you know, you, you, but if Stefanski is who we think he is, um, I expect this to be a close to 500-ish season and mm-hmm. Baker starts the whole season and uh, you know Chubb, Chubb and Hunt shine and you know maybe at that point going into 2021 you, into that offseason is when you, you make a change of quarterback because I think if this is a close to 500-ish season and it has anything to do at all with Baker Mayfield being not great then I, I think you got to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know that we've had this discussion a hundred times, you know, I think that sometimes we put too much emphasis on who the quarterback is, you know, and I think as long as he is serviceable and not throwing the ball away and, or, you know, throwing away when he should and not throwing away when he shouldn't, I think that that is a good enough reason to keep him. If you can put people around him that can make him, Wow. a good enough quarterback. I mean, look at freaking Kyle Bowler, right? I mean, obviously that was a Ravens defense when they won, but it's not like Kyle Bowler's, you know, going to the Hall of Fame for anything. No, I agree with you, but like so here's I guess what I if if the Browns win five or six games, um mm-hmm. but Baker is a I don't know, 8 to 12th ranked quarterback in the league or something. You know what I mean? It's still pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah. the defense is just giving up 35, 38 points a game or something. Yeah. Well, then obviously I, I don't have that same opinion of what to do with Mayfield. But right. if the Browns win five or six games and the defense plays okay and Baker's the 18th best quarterback in the league, I, I just I don't think that that's good enough in, in this iteration of the NFL. Yeah, in in the the reality in which we live. I mean, we we often, you know, that those Ravens teams with um the the Trent Dilfer year, right? The game manager who was not a great right. quarterback, uh, or Trent Dilfer. I'm yeah. sorry, did I say Kyle Bowler? You, I meant Trent Dilfer. Um, who they yeah. go on and win the Super Bowl? Like we we talk about those teams. Uh, we like we talk about that team and specifically, but dude, that was a long time ago. I mean, right? It, that is, it's it's not that kind of NFL anymore. You. Right. Defenses, you'll have great defenses that flash, you know, what the Ravens did that season. But, I mean, I don't know that we'll ever see a defense um, that good. statistically made for an entire season the way that Ravens team did. Uh, you need quarterbacks and offense. You, you just do. I mean, it's easy to say that we put too much weight on who the quarterback is. But with the way the rules are right now, and and they're only going to get more offensive friendly, um, you you gotta have a top fifteen quarterback to survive in the NFL as a, a competitive team. It's just got to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. What What are you? Are you backing up trucks? Oh no, I am in the office though. So uh, you you may hear okay. some forklifts out there. Uh, hopefully, yeah, we won't hear. I hear. 
yeah, hopefully you won't hear anybody like fall down or any big crashes, but you know, <laughs> it's been known to happen. I won't use this as a uh, OSHA evidence. Yeah, don't tell anybody where I work. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'm, I'm not at work. I'm at the port. Um, so I'm at the yeah. stadium. That's what you hear. Is a bones <laughs> cracking up. That's what it is. Son of a bitch. Um, all right. Anything else on the Browns? Because there's another one other topic that I think that we can have some meaningful discussion on here. Uh, no, I'm I'm excited to to see them go four and four in these first eight weeks. That's all I got. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess I have an interim topic here. Um, are you watching any of the NBA? Do you like their bubble system? Give me your overall whatever's on on the NBA and the final conference finals and you know who you think is going to win the finals and just a little just a little short thing here so as a as a no politics sports only i just like sports i'm watching the nba i love it i've watched a lot of it i love yeah. it i mean i obviously don't mm-hmm. love it as much as you know normal but i think they've done an amazing job uh, the games are compelling the series are great um, I mean, Denver's story, two, three, one comebacks, uh, Nikola Jokic, just, just crushing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George was, uh, it, it was satisfying in a way that I didn't know I would be satisfied by watching Kawhi Leonard lose. Cause I kind of always like him. Right. Um, man, that has just been a ton of fun. I'm a LeBron guy. I was even a LeBron guy for, uh, all but the first of his Miami Heat years, I was still very angry and bitter that that first year. I was a Cavs for Mavs, mm-hmm. go Dirk, but um, but I I love it. It's been awesome. It's great to see the Heat. It's great to see Jimmy Butler, um, really just put his arms around Pat Riley and vice versa. Uh, the way the way Heat culture has been. Um, I don't like the Celtics, so it's been great to see the Heat beat the Celtics. I mean, just all of it is great. I really, really yeah, big fan. Um. If I take a half a step backwards and I allow myself to think about uh, the resources that the, the bubble has used as far as testing and facilities and all that uh, in an area of the country that needed it probably a lot more than NBA players did, that, I mean, if I don't compartmentalize, that bothers me quite a bit. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get that. I mean, you know, um, I don't mind it because I mean, they're paying for it. They're using a private lab and they're using their own testing system. Um, I think we could, you know, have the argument about re- whether that would, whether that system would work in the general public in Florida. But, you know, I think that, you know, again, not to get into the politics of this, but now that they've kind of figured out quote unquote, what they need to do to bring down the infections. I don't mind these, you know, I don't mind them playing. You know, well, I don't mind uh, playing, and and like I said, I don't. It, I'm not, you know, I'm not wearing a uh, a down with Adam Silver, you know, t-shirt. I'm not right. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, I, man, it would be nice if they could take some, if they could peel off some of that money, <clears throat> and uh, you know, make a bubble for some schools and use the same resources. It, it, just something, yeah, more than what they're doing. Yeah, about. yeah. So, um, unintentionally, that kind of leads into my next my next question to you. Um, I have been a 
um, across the board. I know a lot of people think that I'm I'm not a Big Ten guy, but I mean I am. Um, but I I personally don't think that they should be, you know, playing college football this year at any level. Um, obviously, the professional levels are, are you know totally different animal. But you know, when Division two and Division three and FCS says, look, we're not going to play, we're not going to play till spring. Um, I think FBS should have done the right thing and just said, look, we're not going to play, especially considering, you know, none of the other sports, you know, soccer, volleyball, um, whatever else plays in the fall, I don't, or cross country is not, is not playing this fall. Um, you know, I thought the Big Ten and the Pac-12 did the right thing and said, look, we're not going to play. And then obviously, you know, this week the, the Big Ten, you know, kind of reversed course. Um, and it looks like the Pac-12 is going to, you know, do everything they can to kind of follow the Big Ten, which I think they need to get their, you know, their noses out of the Big Ten's ass. But that's just that's just my thought. Um, um, but what do you what do you think, I guess, in general about, you know, college football right now? Obviously, this is no matter how we do it, it's going to the season is going to have an asterisk. Um, but what are your thoughts about playing or not playing or, you know, how this whole thing went down or, or whatever? I think that they should have not played. And okay. I can – I would, uh, you know, if we had time or anyone was interested in hearing it, maybe we'll do it on a different show. But I'm the first guy to to talk and write for hours about how I think sports have a very important meaning in our lives and, you know, how there's a through line um, through the narrative of sport to, you know, almost everything that we do. Uh, But I don't think that any of the college football teams and none of the conferences should have played this year. Uh, Unfortunately, the writing was on the wall. It became very political. Um, and you get down in the South and that's just, those are the politics, man. And that's, it doesn't exist. Right. And we just have to push through it and who cares and do whatever we have to do. And I mean, the writing was on the wall. Uh, so right. you and I even talked when, and I, I, I don't bring it up to do. And I told you so, but I yeah. said, Hey, they're going to play. And right, you know, we went back and forth about how they are, how they're not. And I'm like, look, as, as soon as the ACC and the SEC said they were going to play, everyone was going to play. It had to be all or nothing. And politics would not allow that to be. Um, politics wouldn't allow it to be everyone stays home. It's just the end of how it is. Um, I hope the best for the students and the seasons. I think it's great for the students who need to play. I think it's great for the players who need to play. Like a lot of people, um, a lot of people have said, you know, the pro teams, the NFL, the big leagues, those are professionals are getting paid. They have representations and unions and lawyers. And so whatever risk they have, they put it on themselves and that's fair. Um, And it's real easy to look at the, the opposite of that and say that those college kids don't have any of that, that they're getting used and they're not making any of the money. And all of that is true. But also there's a lot of kids who need to play in order to have a shot at becoming the professionals that we're talking about. So for those kids in those systems, I'm happy for them. And I, I hope that they have a healthy and safe season and I'll be rooting for the Buckeyes. Um, but it's uncomfortable. So here's my, you know, hypothetical two-step question here. Um, if 
the powers that be in, you know, Division One college football or FBS football go to the NFL and say, look, we want to play in the spring. Will you push, your, push the draft back, which the NFL said they're not going to do? Do you think these conferences will say – would have said, okay, we, we will play in, you know, November, December, January? Or do you think that they would have said, no, we're playing in the fall no matter what? Um, Hypothetical, again. You know, I think the NFL would have pushed around the conferences in that case. I think the only way the conferences would have had the leg to stand on um, or any any leverage at all in that conversation is if it were if they were all acting as one. So if you either had that hypothetical, you know, 35 team super conference that you and I have argued about a million times or just if all the power five were. Um, unified. I think that the NFL would have done whatever they needed to do to not disrupt their pipeline of players. But since it wasn't unified, uh, the NFL had had all the leverage to, you know, tell whomever would have been at the table on the other end to, you know, go get your boys together, um, take care of what you've got to take care of, and then come back to us when you when you know what's going on. Right. And, and, you know, and obviously, I mean, we could, you know, we can go and look at the numbers, but it's, it, it I guess to me, the, the interesting number would be the number of total FBS players that play this season and then actually get drafted in the spring as compared to, you know, the total number of just FBS players overall, overall. you know, what that, what that percentage is like, we're, we're risking all of these you know, 19 to 25 year olds for a hundred kids, you know, for, if it's, if it's 3000 kids, you know, risking all this for a hundred, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that that's, uh, it's hard to say this because I, I disagree with it, obviously, but you know, I think if you look at what the NFL represents and the way that the, the, that they're ungovernable, um, that they have all of the leverage and all of the power all of the time, that those 300 kids, thats if that's what they need to get, then that's what they're going to get, and by any means necessary. Right. Right. Josh? Sir? What else you got? Uh, that's it. I think I'm about done. Um, I, I do want to say one other thing and I, I, not that I imagine that he'd be listening or anyone, anyone actually at all listens. Um, but something has struck me in the last few months and I haven't said it out loud and I thought I might as well say it here because it might be a conversation between more than two people. Uh, by the time this goes out in the email or on the podcast feed, I have always kind of thought that, you know, famous people who take pictures with fans or talk about, you know, how much people mean to them and all that. I always kind of thought that they were full of shit. And it, and it turns out we've got a guy in Cleveland, Hayden Grove, uh, who is moderately famous here. You and I know him well. Probably right. a lot of our listeners would know him well. Um, you know, he does sports and he's a, a, a crooner. He sings. He's at albums, does concerts. Like a lot of people really dig him. And I watch his like Instagram feeds. Uh, I watch other people's Instagram feeds or Twitter feeds that meet him and talk to him. And when I see 
how he interacts with people and when he says like i really love these people they really did right by me if they, you know you made a you know just little shit like that i actually believe him so i wonder if um Aiden Grove has made me wonder if my natural skepticism against people who have some fame and money, I don't know if he has any money, but you know, are all full of shit. Uh, they might not be. Some of them might be telling yeah. the truth because I believe yeah. Aiden is the truth. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like you said, obviously knowing it makes him, you know, different, but, uh, you know, he's always come across as one of the, you know, nicest, most sincere people that, I mean, I've ever met, um, you know, across all, you know, walks of life and the different places I've been and the different people I've met. You know, I always think about, you know, how good Aiden is. You know who else was like that was, is, is Fee, Alan Fee. And we both know Fee too. And I guess maybe like Hayden really brought that into focus for me because I, maybe I saw it from farther away, but, but yeah. So like, you know, people with some fame, they might, some of them might be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, those are, those are two really good examples and you know, I don't know. And it's not to lessen their sincerity, but I, you know, we know those guys pretty well, which probably, you know, changes maybe our perspective a little bit. Um, go ahead. Well, we've heard them. We've heard them not be nice. <laughs> so, like, we know it's possible. So, like, right. we know when they are nice that it's an actual thing. <laughs> right. That's true. That's a good way to look at it too. I never thought about that. You're right. Yeah. I mean, two really good guys. I mean, obviously, you know. Um, you know, Alan was here in Cleveland a long time, and now he's in Seattle with his family. And, you know, Hayden's been here for what seems like forever, you know, after he left Ohio State or yeah. um, and all that. And uh, you know, I hope he stays forever. I mean, he, you know, he feels like a, a Clevelander at this point. Me too, man. I hope I, I hope he's still here long enough for me to be able to get out to one of his shows after this whole pandemic is over. Yeah, well, maybe we can talk about pandemic uh, the next time, because hopefully... I mean, hopefully, you know, we don't podcast once every once a year like we've been doing. <laughs> can we do this more often? We we can. All right, let's, we can. let's do that. We can we can do it. You know, once a week or ah. twice a month or, or whatever. Perfect. If anybody's available and they want to hear more often, let us know. Yes, please. Uh, please send Josh a a note on Twitter. Which, by the way. That tweet I sent you yesterday that I referenced earlier, uh, it took me about 45 seconds to figure out why I couldn't type in your your old Twitter handle. <laughs> Railbird J is still exists. It's there. Oh, okay. So maybe, does it not have your name attached to no. it? No. I was typing, I was like, okay, that's why. I was like, wow, this doesn't, it's there. this is not who I think it is. Yeah, okay. All of the, <laughs> all of the incriminating tweets and followers and followings are gone, <laughs> but I still own it. <laughs> <laughs> good good on you for deleting the tweets i did that a while ago i deleted everything from like 2018 before yeah you know before that so uh i guess this is where you tell people where they can find you oh i'm at josh flagner on twitter and at josh flagner on instagram and facebook yeah. and pretty much at my, it's my gmail account if you want to email me um yeah it's, it's at, at josh flagner just anywhere we're, we're pretty easy to get a hold of. I'm uh, at Damian Bowman on Instagram and Twitter. So I'm pretty, you know, same thing. Easy to, easy to get a hold of. So uh, thanks for listening. 
hopefully, uh, you know, like Josh said, we can do this a little bit more often. And then, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more of the newsletter as well, depending on how that goes. And then, you know, more, more of us, <laughs> which is what I think everybody needs. More of me and Josh. More of us. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right, man. So, all right. Thanks, Josh. I'll talk to you. Bye, buddy. Bye. <laughs>